We're here, episode 50. Kind of late. Not too late. Never too late. Never too late. I'm Forrest Hall. I'm here with... Antoinette. We're Real Church Matters, where we talk real church matters because... They matter. Real church matters. Housekeeping. You can go on realchurchmatters.com. Get all the uh, episodes if you so choose. You can also go to iTunes uh, in the podcast section or on the podcast app of your iPhone and subscribe. Just search Real Church Matters. You can also go to SoundCloud and you can access that through all the non-Apple phones. Yes. And you can like us, follow us, repost us. Just spread the word about us. If you're on social media, we're there too. I'm trying to be more proactive about sharing little nuggets that are pertaining to the podcast and some which are not. And so if you're on Instagram, it's at Real Church Matters. If you're on Twitter, it's at Real Church MTTRS. And if you're on Facebook, it's FB.ME forward slash Real Church Matters. And so now what about go do likewise? Yes, if you would like to follow me on Instagram and Twitter, it's go do likewise. And any of my old articles are on likewiselife.com. Perfect. And lastly, if you would like to support us beyond just listening, you can go to Patreon, P A T R E O N dot com forward slash Real Church Matters. You can give at the very least a dollar. We appreciate it. It'll it'll be recurring every month. That goes towards helping us to build a, a greater uh, production, a greater podcast that you continue to get good, great content. Also, it allows us to give you guys great prizes. So, and it also gives you access to a little more matters, which is like an extended cut of our podcast. So, exactly. And it's a uh, great deal. It's all a great deal. It's Wednesday night. You were supposed to get this Wednesday morning. I know. I know. But better late than never. Right? Start fresh Thursday. With <laughs> exactly. The brand new. The brand new thing. Thingamajig. So, with that being said, we appreciate you guys, but I hate to tell you this. It's obedience over audience. But don't worry. You didn't come in for nothing. Since you're here. Let's get to it. Let's get to it. Episode 50. And we're going to call this one Fast Food Christians. I'm hungry. Yeah? Yeah. Interesting you would say that. Because let's jump into it. I have a thing where I'm starting to realize now that all of us have wants. All of us do. We go with that. I'm hungry. Mm -hmm. The other day, you was driving home. I was driving home. And you said, for some hungry, what you eating? I said, well, I know where I'm going to go. I'm going to go here. And you said, well, I ain't going there. I I, I don't want to eat fast food. But I also don't want to cook dinner. I did not want to. I was being lazy. It's being lazy. You didn't want to. And I so needed it fast. You needed it fast. So you you knew that if you're not willing to work and you weren't willing to put in the effort, that you only had one option. 
And that's fast food. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times, the reason we gravitate towards fast food isn't just because it tastes good, because sometimes we have to be honest with ourselves, what we're tasting isn't as good as a home-cooked meal. No. It's lacking. Yeah. Matter of fact, sometimes the best stuff that we eat from fast food makes us the worst feeling people afterwards. Yeah, and then the fact that everything about its taste is like amplified, like it has more salt than usual food does, so it immediately gratifies you. Cause yeah, it gratifies you. It's instant gratification, but none of it has lasting goodness. No nutrients. No nutrients. Nothing about it is good. But we do it for a reason. Two reasons, actually. And those two reasons we're going to talk about today. Number one, we don't want to put the effort in and we don't want to wait. We don't want to work. We don't want to wait. So let's transfer that to just everything else. People want so much. We want to be free. We want happiness. We want peace. We want joy. We want focus. We want success. They want all of these things, but they don't want to wait and they don't want to work for it. And it's time for us to change that perspective. I've been on this thing for the longest now. I've been saying this, like, if y'all don't want to be Christians, like, just don't be Christians. Like, you know, I hate to be the Debbie Downer. I hate to break the news, but a lot of what we have to do involves work. Most notably, a lot of internal work. A lot of internal work, which means you don't get days off, which means you don't get to just sit and let life pass you by, which means you don't let just any old thought pop in your head and live with it. You are constantly working this mind to be a certain way. That takes effort. That takes time. Nobody wants to put that time in. Nobody. No. It's, it's interesting. I was thinking about this and I, I pulled up a few scriptures. One of the scriptures says, whoever does not bear his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. This is Jesus talking. He said, whoever doesn't bear his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. He lets us know that there's some explicit ways that we have to come to him. That in our minds, there's a, a, a certain way that we have to think that the daydreaming Christian doesn't exist. If you can't focus yourself, focus your mind on how you feel, focus your mind on what you're thinking, focus your mind on who you should be thinking about, focus your mind on what you should be thinking about. If you can't do that on an everyday basis, if you are always looking for a way out of your mind, you're not willing to work. You're not. We, we're just trying to get away from it's exhausting. It's tiring. Nobody wants to put their mind to the test, work in the mind to find that place that pleases God. That's what he means when he says, bear his own cross. There's a burden that Christ bared. One of the burdens that Christ bared is that he did not let himself think any type of way. From the minute he started his ministry, he was in the wilderness. He was tested by Satan, tested with questions, 
proposing things to him that took a certain level of fortitude, mental strength and stability in order for him to not fall to those temptations. Everything was a test of God's mind. Everything was a test of Christ's mind. The minute he was in the garden and he was feeling the fear and the weight of having the grave to give himself over to the Jews so that they could torture him and beat him and crucify him. Even in that place with tears streaming down his face, covered in sweat, he prayed and he got his mind together. He didn't sit there and say, I don't, look, I don't know how I feel this way. I'm just so, ugh, I don't know how I got this way. I just, ugh. He doesn't lay in it. He doesn't languish in it. He begins to fight in his mind. He takes up his cross. It's, uh, I don't know. For, for me, Antoinette, I, I think that the, the cro- our cross is, this burden that we carry of suffering for Christ's sake, this burden we carry of living a certain way in a world that doesn't make it comfortable for us to live that way and thinking a certain way in a a world that doesn't make it comfortable for us to think that way. Even our bodies don't make it comfortable for us to think this way. We're sitting here on a Wednesday night recording a podcast There's a trillion things I would rather do, trillion things Antoinette would rather do, but we're doing this here out of the sake of obedience, and that very thing is part of what the cross is all about. It takes an effort to put towards something, to carry your cross. He said, nobody who doesn't want to carry their cross can be my disciple. You can't have somebody else carry your cross and think that you're going to be Christ's disciple. It doesn't work that way. I can't put my life, I can't put my struggles, I can't put my my religion, my faith on anybody else to do. It's on me. Most of the people that come to church, what do you think they're doing? This is what they're doing. They're bringing their issues to somebody and hoping that somebody can fix it. Not realizing that's their cross to bear. That's their issue to fix. Even when we go to people to apologize, we're putting too much emphasis on what this person means to how we feel. Instead of understanding it's our cross to bear. If I'm going to be happy, it's going to be because of what? I gave it over to God. Not because this world gave me something to be happy about, but because I cast my cares. That takes effort. Casting cares takes effort. Casting cares takes time. If you want it the fast way, you're never going to get it. You're never going to get it. He said, for which of you desiring to build a tower does not first sit down and count the costs? whether he has enough to complete it. Otherwise, when he has laid a foundation and is not able to finish, all who see it begin to mock him. We look at the the walk of Christians. There's people who jumped into this without even realizing if they have enough in them to complete it. 
You just might not have enough, guys. You just might. Do you have enough patience to be a Christian? You might not have enough. You came to Christ looking for freedom, but freedom takes time. You came to Christ looking for peace, but peace takes time. You came to Christ looking for order in your life, but order takes time. I know people who are tired of their situation, but they are not tired enough to rest in God. Just not, they just not willing. How are you tired, but you restless? How are you so tired of your situation, <laughs> but not tired enough where you ain't running around trying to fix it? You don't understand. There's one way to do this thing. And in order for you to do it, you need to count the cost to see if you have enough. Some of you are just not ready yet. You're just not ready. You what? You're not ready for this walk because this walk needs some things that you have to count the cost because if you run into it and you're not able to complete it, he said that when people see it, they gonna mock you. Our pastor was preaching tonight. He was very perplexed at how come Christians aren't happy. Christians aren't happy. It's the saddest thing. They're so focused and so so sensitive and so caught up in their minds and their feelings. You so in your feels that you can't get in your faith. Why? Because you don't understand that there's work to be done. Life is not going to lay this out for us where we get to just feel good every day. There's going to be people who upset that. Life is not laid out for us where there's going to be peace every day. There's people, who, people, places, and things that are going to upset that. But how does the person of God stay in perfect peace even though they're in a world who is constantly upsetting it? Because they keep their minds stayed on God. That takes work and waiting. There's no shortcut. Fast food Christians, you want fast food peace. Let me tell you about fast food peace. It don't last. It leaves you in a mess in the end. Fast food Christians want fast food joy. Fast joy ain't the joy of God. He wants to give you something that you can take and it'll last you. He said, that he, what did he tell the woman at the well? He said he wanted to give her water that if she drunk it, she'll never thirst, never thirst again. How can we say we drink the living water when we turn our water to wine every day. Not W-I-N-E. W-H-I-N-E. All I see is Christians who say they fill with the living water. Not only thing come out your mouth is wine. <laughs> I don't have this and I don't have that. And I wish I had this and I wish I had that. If I was as... Saved as you are, I would preach like that. And if I could be walking the way that I should walk, then I would be this. You could be anything that you set your heart to be in God. But know that realizing what you want to be and actualizing what you want to be are two different things. It takes work. 
That's all it takes. It takes work. Can you get beyond yourself? That takes work. I struggled with it for years. I couldn't get beyond my emotions. They covered me. They followed me. They, they were as much a part of me as my shadow. But I'm learning that this word, it starts to do exactly what God said it does. He said that it's like a two-edged sword and it begins to separate me from my feelings. So I no longer see us as one in the same, but I'm able to operate devoid of my emotion. My emotions do not create the temperature of my life. I'm able to operate from something greater. That takes work. That's every day. This is not a set it and forget it type of thing. God's word is not central air. You don't just get to set the thermostat and you'll just be comfortable for here on out. We have to work. We have to bear our cross. We have to wait. We have to be patient. If we can't do that, then we won't stay for the good thing. We'll run for the fast thing. And the fast thing is not where it's at. It's not where it's at. There's another scripture. He said in John chapter 10, Christ said, truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs in by another way, that man is a thief and a robber. That person is a thief and a robber. He's basically telling you anybody who tries to come in any way but the front door is a thief and a robber. That's what thief and robbers do. They sneak in another way. Why? Because the thief or the robber wants what? They want something without earning it. That's where we at. People want something without earning it. I want happiness. Earn it. I want joy. Earn it. Get it the right way. What's the right way? You know, what's what's the right way? Obedience. Obedience through God. He said, seek ye first the kingdom of heaven and all these things will be added unto you. Everybody's making a beeline to all these things, but nobody wants to go to it the right way, which is what? Obedience. Seek ye first. That's just one scripture. One scripture shows us. He says, Seek ye first the kingdom of heaven, and all these things will be added unto you. I can't get those things except by seeking him. I can't get it any other way. Why is it that people want things the other way? Because it's shorter. It's faster. Everybody wants a shortcut. I want money. Why, why, why chase God when I should just chase money? Seems like I get it faster. I want love. Why chase God when I could just chase a woman or a man? Seems like I get it faster. I don't want to chase God. It's harder to chase God. It's easier to chase a woman. Do you even have, it's even called chasing these days. It's like on your market set, congratulations, you got a child. You didn't even get to go. You don't have to go that far to chase these things. But once you get them, you'll realize they wasn't worth the chase. The juice wasn't worth the squeeze. It just wasn't. 
I'm learning that. I'm going through my life and I want things to be right. I want things to be perfect. I want every time I get and cut on this mic, I want the, the podcast to be awesome. I want it to be a cool conversation. Guess what? Life don't go how you want it. But guess what does go how I want it? My mind. You think I'm going to let life dictate how my mind goes? Not anymore. Because I'm willing to put in the work. Shortcut, shortcut Christians get cut short. <laughs> their joy get cut short. Their peace get cut short. Why? Because everything you was chasing on that shortcut will disappoint you. If I'm caught up in the, the trappings of life and making sure everything's perfect, I will never be a happy person. But the joy of the Lord is my strength. And I'm going to take my cross and I'm going to carry it and I'm going to do what I'm supposed to do with joy because I can't let the environment dictate what God said to me, who God is to me, and who I am in God. That's just the reality. He says in verse two, but he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him, the gatekeeper opens. The sheep hear his voice and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all of his own, he goes before them and the sheep follow him for they know his voice. This whole thing where I've been talking about bearing your cross, your cross that you have to bear is understanding you're a sheep to be led by a shepherd. And if you try to come in any other way, but through him, you're a thief and a robber. A lot of Christians out here trying to stick God up for joy. A lot of Christians out here trying to stick God up for peace. You can't trick him. You can't trick God. You can't. When you see people who are not happy, I don't care what they tell you. They're trying to trick you into thinking they are doing something that they're not doing. And if you're doing it, you ain't doing it right. I've, when Daniel, I mean, David says things like, I was young and now I'm old and I've never seen a righteous forsaken, nor his seed baked bread. He speaks in such an adamant, definitive way that how could anybody uh, talk like that if they even had an inkling in their mind that they could be wrong. It's such a demonstrative statement. that It's like a guarantee. It's like pointing to the rafters and saying, I'm about to hit a home run before a pitch is ever thrown. It's talking such tough talk. He said, I'm, I was young. I'm, now I'm old. I've never seen the righteous forsaken. I've never seen a person who obeys God. That's what the righteous is. I've never seen a person who's obedient to God be forgotten about by God. I've never seen a person who's obedient to God be left out by God. I've never seen a broke Christian. I've never seen a lacking Christian. I've never seen a depressed Christian. I've never seen a depressed, obedient Christian. Why has he never seen a forsaken person? Because even when Christ laid there in a garden, 
He had to come to terms that he wasn't forsaken, but he was a part of a purpose. And so he said, not my will, but thy will be done. We're never forsaken. We're never forgotten about when we're obedient. But because we are caught up in the fields, that hunger pain that drove you right to Popeye's, the hunger pain that drove you right to McDonald's, the hunger pain that drove you right to Taco Bell, to eat something that you know already how it's going to respond to you. You already know how it's going to turn out. You already know how it's going to work. But that's all you got. That's all you got. That's what you tell yourself. That's all I got. I mean, at this time of night, what else could I eat? No matter what time of night it is, you could really go in there and cook if you was willing to work and if you was willing to put in the time. That's all it takes. That's why he tells us, seek ye first the kingdom of heaven. That takes effort. That takes waiting because when you're seeking, it's not immediate. It's not an immediate thing. When I'm seeking God, that's all the work is on me. God ain't even doing nothing. He's just standing. He's standing while I seek. He's waiting to be found while I'm seeking. I'm just seeking and seeking and learning more of him, understanding him more. We want things from God without understanding of him. We want things from God without seeking him. And when you see a sad Christian, you see a Christian who ain't seeking God. When you see a frustrated Christian, you see a Christian that's not seeking God. That's the reality. Those are fast food Christians. I don't care what this thing is going to do to me. I just got to eat. I got to have it right now. Right now. I got to have it. Can I get it? When will I get it, God? It's a very sad place that we're in. It's a very discomforting place to actually see ourselves as people who are hungry and never ask ourselves, what are we hungry for? What are you hungry for? Podcasters at nine o'clock PM on a Wednesday. What are you hungry for? Antoinette at nine o'clock on a Wednesday. What fills you up? What puts a smile on your face? What makes you happy? It's not many things in this world that can keep me happy. It's a lot of things that can make me happy. Not a lot of things that can keep me happy. There's a lack of sustainability in the world. You look at it from scientific perspective. They tell us that we might run out of water in the next 50 years. There's a lack of sustainability in the world. They tell us that we might run out of real food in the next 50 years. It's a lack of sustainability. They tell us that we might run out of actual money. Lack of sustainability. This world is filled with things that are here today and gone tomorrow. 
I put no stock in them. I want something that's sustainable. I want something that keeps me. I don't want something that, as as we say so many times when we indulge in fast food, man, this food went right through me. How many people came in your life and went right through you? How many situations, opportunities you broke your neck for and the opportunity went right through you, came and went? How much money did you chase and get and it went right through you? I mean, it's tax time. W-2s is about to come. <laughs> Everybody's waiting for the W-2s so they can go file them. They ready to go file these puppies. Why are you ready to file it? Because you can't wait to get your money. Some of y'all won't even wait. You're going to be sitting in a, in a, a line at, at Walmart filing a 1040EZ so you can do what? Get your money so it can go right through you. There's people that sell, they give you cash advances now. Just bring your W-2s. We'll give we'll front you the cash at a premium. But they can do that because they know how many people want. And when do they want it? Right now. Hey, what was that? JG Wentworth commercial? What do you want? Money. When do you want it? Right now. I mean, they have people popping out the windows like, I want my money and I want it now. That's how y'all are. When you see people coming to church, they might as well just be screaming in front. Instead of saying hallelujah, they should say what they really want. I want my man and I want it right now. I want my car and I want it right now. I want my bills paid and I want it right now. I, I know somebody, I apologize because I'm just going, my voice is all squealing. <laughs> I'll listen to this later. I'm probably going to laugh at it, but we want and we want right now, but we don't work and we don't really work right now. We're not willing to put the time in. We have to. There's only one way. He said any other way is like a thief and a robber. He said obedience. Obedience is the key. Seeking God is the key. Look at the rich young ruler. He came and he told God how he wanted to come to him. He said, well, the only conversation we got here is where will I, where, where will I be in heaven? Because, you know. I'm doing it up. I'm I'm killing it. And Jesus is like, mm, one more thing. I need you to give, give all, give it everything that you have. Give it all. And you know what? He went away sad. You want to know why? Because he wasn't willing to work and he wasn't willing to wait. He had his idea of what work was. And he was willing to go to that point. But we're not talking about just any type of work. We're not talking about the work that works for you. We're talking about the work that works for God. When you think about that, when you think about this is about what God is looking for from you, not what you are looking for from God, not what you are willing to give God, but just working according to his word, being obedient the disciples came back to him and they were frustrated that they could not cast out the demon. And he said, this kind 
cometh by fasting and prayer. He told them what to do. The question is, was they willing to do it? If you're not willing to do it, then you're looking for a shortcut. Think about everything you want. The Bible tells you how to get it. Everything. Everything. That's why it's so important when we look, read these scriptures and we talk about the woman at the well. She came a long way to get some water. Jesus showed her that she don't have to come all this way to get water. That he had another way. And she told him how her father's worshiped. She told him about the old way. God is not interested in old or new. He's just interested in his way. What we think is new is old to him because he's eternity. What we think is new to us is old to God because he laid this stuff out before the foundations of the world. And because of that, this stuff goes right through us because we're not willing to eat of his word. His word sticks to your ribs. His word is good home cooking. His word is that stuff that's like, like the scripture says, it's life to, to the bones. He said it refreshes the bones. It livens the body. It, it quickens the spirit. What are you eating? How does it make you feel afterwards? What are you seeking? What are you looking for? Fast food Christians are looking for a quick fix and there is nothing quick about life. There's nothing quick about life more abundantly. There's nothing quick and easy about being a disciple, a follower of Christ. Christianity is not the easy button. Christianity is not a shortcut. It's the long way home. Bible tells us that it's a narrow path. He said that many will try to go that way, but they won't be able to. I mean, people tried to do this, but they didn't really try to work. They didn't understand the effort that had to be put into it. You thought you was just going to read some scriptures and then love was going to flow out of you. Then all of a sudden you met up with a nasty person and you couldn't understand why this you who love God couldn't stop yourself from being angry. Couldn't stop yourself from being offended. Couldn't stop yourself from being hurt because that's the work. There's no easy way. There's nothing that God's going to do to take things away from you. He's just going to give you the strength to lift them. He's going to give you the strength to cast them down. He's going to give you the strength to push them out the way. He's going to give you the strength to work. Give you the strength to work. Why? Because if you want what lasts, you got to do some work. No matter what it is, you know, we got we got married people who listen. Tons of married people who listen. If you complaining about your marriage, you are the offender of the marriage. Because you don't understand whatever's wrong with your marriage can be made right. But are you willing to put in the work. Whatever it is, 
Doesn't matter. I'm a testament to it. There's a lot of things that have taken place in my life. There's a lot of situations that I faced, a lot of things that I struggle with. And you know what? I'm tired of letting my struggle break me. I've decided that I'm going to use what God gave me. He gave me the ability to work. So I'm going to work at it. He gave us so much work to do too. The scriptures are filled with things to do. I'm sure there's somebody right now that's like, so what's the work? What am I supposed to do? Number one, simple things, not so simple things. Reading your word, seeking God, attaching yourself to understanding, getting to know more of him. On a daily basis, as much as possible, the more you understand about God, the more you are able to walk in this thing. That takes work and that takes time. You can't be too busy to read the word. You can't be too busy to go to church and hear people talk about the word. You can't be too busy to to not listen to a, a podcast or two. There's more podcasts than just ours out here. I'm not one of those people that's like, you know, ain't nobody talking this stuff like me. There's a ton of, of podcasts out there. There are a ton of people who God have put on this earth and they're sharing the gospel. They're trying to give understanding as much as they can to people so that you might partake in it. But that takes work. That takes time. Are you willing to put it in? Are you willing to? Even right now, this is, this is one of the craziest things. There are people who are dealing with mental instabilities. There are people who are dealing with mental illnesses. They're beyond you. These are things that your fathers or your mothers or your sisters, your brothers, your aunties, your grandparents, they struggle with. I wish it was as easy as a pill. But you're going to have to work. Take it from somebody who, who wished there was just a pill that could just straighten everything up. But when you take shortcuts, you, you reap the consequences. There's tons of people taking pills and they don't feel like their self and they struggle with other things because it, that's not the way this has to go. I ain't telling nobody not to take your pills. Take your pills, please. But for those of you who are not taking your, no pills and you don't even know that you struggle with mental uh, instabilities and things like that, I'm telling you from somebody who has, you don't have to be depressed if you let the word of God Impress Just let it Be that thing in your life Let it press on your heart Let it, let it leave an impression And you'll never have to be depressed But that takes work As heavy as that thing is right now That's weighing on your mind As heavy as that thing is right now that is causing you to not even be able to move. 
It's amazing that things can weigh on our minds so heavy that it's like there's a physical thing laying on us that prevents us from just doing the simple things, like getting up in the morning, like smiling, like working, like giving, like loving, like caring about people. There are things that cripple us from that, but you don't understand if you would just let God weigh on your heart. He can change it all. He can do so much, but it takes work. While the things that depress you just pour on you, you're going to have to go and get this from God. You're going to have to go and get it. And you have to stack it up. And you have to make it build up. And so much building up that it just weighs on you. And it becomes this weight that is greater than any weight you ever had. And now you're being impressed by something. This greater. But it takes work. I promise you, I wish not only that you could take a pill, but I wish that you could go to the altar and a pastor could pray for you, a minister could pray for you, and just, whoosh, it'll go away. But all they could do is pray an agreement of faith with you. Pray that you have the courage, the fortitude, the strength to work. As we shared in the scripture, to work out your own salvation in fear and trembling because you have to work. You can't cheat your way to salvation. You got to work your way to salvation. You can't cheat your way to deliverance. You got to work your way to deliverance. You want to have a better mind? You want to have a mind no matter how you feel, it doesn't cripple you anymore? You want to have a mind that no matter what you think, it no longer stifles what God wants to do through you. You want to have a mind that no matter what thought comes to you, it no longer hinders your creativity, your ability to be obedient, your ability to be loving and kind. All of those things go out the door when you make a conscious decision to work. Not just seeking the word, but there's another scripture that says casting down every thought and imagination that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Are you willing to work? Are you willing to pull down? Are you willing to cast down? Are you willing? That takes work. You go into a house and it's dirty. You either got two things. You're going to get somebody else to clean it or you're going to clean it. But one thing we know, it's not going to clean itself. The broom doesn't go and sweep on its own. Yeah, they got a little robot vacuum now. But there's only but so much that can do. The real cleaning got to happen by you. Got to happen by you. It's not going to happen by you if you're not understanding it is your job and getting up and doing it. 
I can't cast your thoughts down. I can tell you all day how bad they are. I can tell you those thoughts are, are powerless. I can tell you those thoughts are insignificant. I can tell you that those thoughts that you had that you're harboring from 20 years ago, 30 years ago, 10 years ago, or 10 seconds ago, I can tell you that those thoughts are fruitless. I can tell you that they can produce nothing in you but hate, bitterness, resentment, and anger. But if you're not willing to cast them down, if you're not willing to do the work, man, you can't have what you want. Can't have it. If you're not willing to, you can't have it. No matter what I say, no matter what the Bible says, no matter what your pastor says, if you're not willing to work, you can't have it. We giving you tools. We lay out the tools for you. We tell you the things. But realization is different than actualization. There's a ton of people who are so enamored right now with realizing. We're in a culture, a woke culture. Everybody loves realizing things. You know what I realize? You know what I realize? Let me tell you what I realize. You know what I realize? It's nice to realize things. But if you can't take your realizations and turn them into actualizations, then you haven't done the work. You haven't done the work. We celebrate great inventors, not for their ideas, but for their actualizing their ideas. Nobody would celebrate Steve Jobs if all he had was drawings of an iPhone. Imagine that we, he died and somebody looked through his diary and there was drawings of an iPhone that never existed. No one would care. No one. Imagine I die and somebody looks through my laptop and finds gigabytes of porn. I, I, wait, wait, what did I say? What I mean? <laughs> looks through my, my laptop or my iPhone and finds amazing songs and finds just gigabytes and gigabytes of ideas and, and scripts and drawings. It wouldn't matter. Those are just realizations. Those are just ideas. But Forrest didn't do the work to turn his ideas into reality. He didn't do the work to make his realizations, his actualizations. You go to church and the pastor, the minister, the elder, the deacon, the prophetess, the evangelist, they help you realize things. And you walk out that door and don't put any work to actualize it. You hear that God is a God of peace. You realize that he's a keeper and that he has peace and that he has that living water. But you look in your life and you don't see anything that reflects that. You don't see nothing that reflects that. You see that he tells us that we're supposed to be these bold, courageous, 
women, men, women and men of God who are royal priesthood and peculiar people who walk in this confidence, who have the ability to tread on snakes and scorpions, as the Bible says, or serpents. And yet we can't even get past our own shadow. Sing songs that share about such awesome perceptions and realizations of Christianity. But those songs never live out in our lives. We never actualize joy. We never actualize peace. We never actualize prosperity. We never actualize order. No. We have chaos. We have confusion. We have sadness. We have misery. We have depression. We have suicide. We have resentment. We have anger. Hatred. Bitterness. No smiles. No joy. No obedience. No peace. No sleep. I know some of you wish you could just actualize some good old rest. No true rest. You have the thoughts of it, though. You know you should have it. That's that's another thing. Like we as Christians, we read these word this word and we realize we're supposed to have certain things that we never even knew they were it was ours to have. We didn't, we didn't know it was our inalienable right to be joyful. We didn't know it was our inalienable right to walk in freedom. We didn't know it was our inalienable right to be sinless, to no longer be a slave to sin, a slave to money, a slave to people's opinions. We didn't realize that that was ours for the keeping, ours for the taking. It's the biggest tease because now you know it's yours to have, but you don't know how to get it in your life. And then somebody tells you how to get it and how to get it doesn't jive with how you want to get it. And you can go to any church and they can tell you a trillion different ways that you can get it. They could tell you that if you gave a tenth of your salary, you could get it. They could tell you that you give your one month's salary and you can get it. They can tell you all of those things, but the truth of the matter is, it's not true. It's a lie. You're going to be disappointed. You'll be one month's salary lighter. At the end of the year, you'll be 10% short. You will have offered something to God, but not what he wanted you to offer. You'll be missing out. All of this, it seems exhausting to people who, as this scripture shared earlier, didn't count the costs and didn't know they weren't built for it. But this is refreshing. It's not exhausting. 
to the person who was exhausted with the alternative. I was tired of life. I don't know about anybody else. I was tired of living life my way. I'm tired of who force was even yesterday. Every day I want to get closer to that rest. I want to get closer to that peace. I want to get closer to those things that I kept myself away from because I wasn't willing to put in the work. I tried to get it another way. I tried to cry my way into freedom. I tried to give my way into freedom. I tried to put myself through undue punishment. I tried to work at the church till early in the morning, till late at night. I tried to do everything I could but what God really wanted me to do. And I didn't realize he was looking at me like a thief and a robber. A thief and a robber. Thief and a robber. Because I didn't want to find him. I didn't want to listen to him. Sheep listen to the shepherd. I just wanted to get in the door. I just wanted to get in. I just want to get all those good blessings everybody get. I want to eat that good food that all the sheep eat from the shepherd who takes care of them. No, that's not the way God wants it. He wants us to come a certain way. He wants us to be willing to work and willing to wait. It says, wait, I say, upon the Lord. That's scripture. It says that the trying of your faith worketh patience. That's scripture. I know you don't want to be tried in your face. You just wanted to wake up today. I heard somebody say this before. They said, I don't have time for confusion. All I wanted to do is get up and go to work and do this and do that. I don't have any time for all of this other stuff. But it has time for you. You can't avoid what has time for you. You better make time for it because you can't avoid the work. You can't avoid the work. Right now, there's people in your life that you know you should be engaging with. You know you should be warm with them, not fighting with them in a, in a physical sense or in an argumentative sense. We're talking about you know you should be engaging with them and loving them and caring for them and, and teaching them and talking with them and building a relationship with them. You know you should be encouraging and, and sharing a word with them. You know you should be doing these things, but you try to avoid anything that involves work. There has to be another way to please you, God. There has to be another way. Please tell me there's another way to please you than preaching. It's too much work to preach. I got to read too much. I got to pray too much. I got to fast too much. I got to stay away from certain things too much. I, I, didn't, I didn't sign up for all this. Well, you should have counted the cost for us. You got to count the cost. Can I count the costs?
So yeah, you got to wait, I say, on the Lord. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up on wings as eagles. Says the good work that he begun in you, he'll finish on the day of Jesus Christ. There's a work he's doing right now. That he won't be done until the day Jesus comes back. That's a lot of waiting. But are you willing to wait? Then you got to work. You got to wait. You got to work. He said, it, it, it's in the scriptures. They it, At one point, Paul had to write to the, to the uh, churches and he had to let them know, like, there's some men who are among you who are able-bodied, who have the ability to work and don't. He said, don't feed them. He said, if a man don't work, he don't eat. It don't feed him. That food, that's for the widow. That's for the orphan. But that man, he can get up every day and work, but he won't. That's why Jesus said, don't cast your pearls before swine. What was he saying? He's saying, don't you sit and share stuff with people who ain't willing to work. You wasting that, you wasting that because you giving them tools that they never are interested in using to work. That's like giving somebody money and you already know what they're going to do with it. You already know they're going to blow it. I just need $200. They really sound like they need it. What you need $200 for? It's this new pair of Jordans that just came out. I'm not giving you $200 of my hard-earned money so you can go and heap desires upon yourself, right? It's the same way we have to be. I'm not sitting here and sharing with you the tools to, to please God if you ain't willing to pick those tools up and work to produce a fruit that's pleasing to God. You can't choose how you're going to give it. You can't choose what you're going to do to please God. Cain tried to do that. Cain tried to, Cain tried to give God something, but not what God wanted. It has to be on his terms. So as we close out episode 50, I'm so pleased and so happy and so grateful that I was able to sit here for 50 episodes. 50 times, 50 hours of something, sharing something that God shared with me to share with y'all. I know Antoinette feels just as grateful, just as blessed, and we're going to continue to do it. Lord, help us. We'll continue to do it. That's episode 50, Real Church Matters. Love you all. God bless. God bless.